This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is 4 o'clock here on a Thursday, a special edition for Thursday Night Football of Happy Hour with Bobby DePaul, courtesy of the Bobby DePaul Charities and Walking with Anthony Foundation. And Bobby D, as we always do before we get started, explain the song. It doesn't get any better in Baltimore on a Thursday night in primetime. The Charm City hosting the two-time defending AFC North champion Cincinnati Bengals with two of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, battling on the dance floor. It's time to pump up the bank and make our day complete. So let's talk some Ravens football. All right, Bobby. Ow, uh, Joe Burrow, a lot healthier now than the first time these teams played. That much is obvious. So how much better and more dangerous is this Bengals attack now? I could talk an hour answering this one question. Trust me. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but this offense is just about the same as it was in week two, the last time the Ravens played the Bengals. I see very little difference. I know a lot of the so-called experts try to tell everybody Joe Burrow was injured or not healthy enough to perform at a high level. Let me remind you that these are the same experts who tried to say Bryce Young was the top quarterback over C.J. Stroud coming out in the NFL draft. Not even close. I have reviewed the tape, checked the stats, and I also looked back into the Bengals' history, and what I found might just surprise everybody. In my opinion, Joe Burrow wasn't hurt or not healthy enough to perform at a high level. The NFL doesn't allow for injured players to take the field. We see that every week in Baltimore. That doesn't mean players, you know, are 100% healthy. I called around the league and I asked current GMs and former trainers what the recovery time was for a calf injury. They said two to eight weeks, depending on the severity. Mm -hmm. Burrow was injured July 27th, five weeks before the start of the season. The Ravens played the Bengals post seven weeks, the higher end of the rehab. When I watched the tape in week one against the Browns, I saw no limp on the field. What I saw was a quarterback with small hands not being able to grip the football because of the wet weather conditions and a great Browns defense applying pressure. In week two against the Ravens, again, I saw no limp and a highly competitive mobile quarterback in Joe Burrow who played better in the second half than he did in the Uh first half, finishing the game on the bench in a losing effort because Lamar Jackson, 
and the Ravens were able to get a late first down and kill the clock, securing that three-point victory, 27-24. Joe Burrow, you know, Joe Burrow, he's a pure pocket quarterback who reads defenses pre-snap and throws from the pocket. He doesn't need to run around and make a play. Actually, one of the halftime adjustments for the Bengals was to run the football and then throw play action, even bootleg passes, outside the pocket on the move. It was successful because the Bengals only had 63 total net yards in the first half, but finished with 282 net yards, something to keep an eye on tonight. In the last five weeks, the Bengals have won four or five games just like the Ravens. In a losing effort last week against Houston, Joe Burrow threw two interceptions and lost by three points. He completed 27 balls with a quarterback rating of 90.3. In the losing effort against the Ravens in week two, Burrow completed 27 balls, throwing one interception, and that was that Geno Stone game-saving change in the red area, and he finished with a quarterback rating of 85.6. Now, for the icing on the narrative cake, the Bengals have a history of slow starting. Mm-hmm. In the previous four years, the Bengals have started the season 0-2 three times and only won one game over that period of time with a starting four-year record of only 1-7. Tape, stats, medical, and team history, that's my reckoning. I rest my case. Mm. Bobby D, Mike McDonald, the Ravens defensive coordinator, seem to have some of the special sauce against the Bengals. Can you give us a Cliff Notes version of what's worked so well, and do you think most of that stuff will still apply the same way tonight? In the last two years, Mike McDonald has faced Joe Burrow four times, including the playoffs, ending with a 2-2 two two record. On average, Joe Burrow has put up 23 points per game. I wouldn't call it special sauce based off the tape because I didn't see a lot of pressure applied on the quarterback mm-hmm. in that uh, you know in that last game only one sack. I would say where's the beef just hanging on? Okay, I mentioned in the last question Joe Burrow had a bunch of success in the second half against the Ravens in week two. It wouldn't surprise me if that's how they start the game tonight. Mike has been real consistent on how he approaches playing Joe Burrow. And he plays a ton of umbrella cover two mm-hmm. coverages, rolling to three deep coverages off the snap of the ball. Not a lot of blitzing or man coverage concepts. Basically, the Big Mac attack tries to force the Bengals to run the football instead of throwing it. He does this by only playing six defenders in the box to stop the run. And the rest of the guys are, you know, they're playing pass defense first. The Bengals like to use 11 personnel, that's one running back, one tight end, three receivers, and spread formations, including empty, no running back formations. The mentality of this offense attack is to spread out the opponent, look for key personnel matchups, and get the ball out quick and make plays after the catch, especially on first down. What happened in the first half in week two, the Bengals didn't have success on first down and struggled to move the ball. They struggled because of the deep umbrella coverage, taking away the deep balls and forcing shorter completions. And the Ravens players, hey, they did a really good job rallying to the ball and tackling the space, you know, to stop that run after catch. The offensive scheme is no different than an NBA inbounds pass, catch, mm-hmm. and run attack. It's grass basketball, guys. In the you know, in the second half, the Bengals recognized, you know, they recognized it and they went to more of a 
a balanced approach utilizing the running and receiving skill sets of running back number 28, Joe Mixon. In the second half, the Bengals only had four series and scored two touchdown passings in the red zone, punted on the other, and Joe Burrow threw that game-changing interception uh, that Geno Stone picked off. That was the game. That was the game changer, guys, and the yeah. difference in the game. Bobby D, we uh, talked a lot around here heading into the trade deadline about whether your old buddy Mike Brown, your former boss, would take on some more salary to add a tight end because we thought that position was holding their offense back. They're kind of trying to do it by committee right now with a three-man monster. Is there anything to fear there? Are they Could they get enough out of their tight ends to be a factor in this game? You know, heading into week two, I mentioned the biggest difference between last year and this year was the loss of tight end Hayden Hurst mm-hmm. and his presence, you know, his big body presence in the middle of the field, spe- you know, specifically in the red zone. I didn't think signing tight end number 81 or uh, Smith Jr. filled that role because he just didn't have the size, speed, and length to create any type of mismatches or a threat. Over the course of the last nine weeks since the Ravens last played the Bengals, quarterback Joe Burrow has found a new tight end who meets those needs I was talking about that they were lacking. His name is number 87, Tanner Hudson, 6'5", 240 pounds. A guy who, you know, get this, he was a a converted quarterback receiver out of a small college, Southern Arkansas University. He signed as a college free agent with Tampa Bay back in 2018, and he actually has a Super Bowl ring playing with Tom Brady back in 2020. He is their version of the Arizona Cardinals' Trey McBride. Remember when he took over? Okay, and look what he's done the last couple of weeks. Tanner Hudson has the foot quickness and knack to find open zones and settle with very good hands and quick run after catch. He's a hidden gem for them. In the first seven games, the Bengals' tight ends only caught 20 total balls. In the last two games, the Bengals' tight ends have caught 19 balls you know, basically doubling the production for the year in just two games. They definitely found their tight end passing game just in time because of the injury loss of their big wide receiver, number five, T. Higgins. That's key. He scheduled, you know, obviously to miss the second game fighting that hamstring. UFA after the season. Maybe he's sending the Bengals in matches. I don't know. <laughs> Higgins scored two touchdowns. You know, he scored two touchdowns against the, uh, against the Ravens in the last game in the red zone. That was a big red zone guy. I'm looking for, you know, Jamar Chase or Tanner Hudson. Keep an eye on him in the red zone. We're talking to Bobby DePaul. It's inside access here on the fan. Bobby D, old friend Orlando Brown Jr. has had some time to settle in in Cincinnati. Is this the best Bengals O-line they've had in a while? That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, They definitely upgraded by signing Orlando Brown. We know him well in Baltimore. You know, they signed him in the offseason from Kansas City. This is by far, far, far the best they've looked, mm-hmm. from, you know, from my eyes. I can't remember the last time they even looked this good. It's yeah. been a while. Orlando Brown had the easy part transitioning from Kansas City because he had been playing left tackle the last three years. The guy who had the biggest adjustment was right tackle number 73, Jonah Williams. He had to switch from playing left to right tackle this year, and it was very shaky to start, you know, you know, they're off, you know, this year off. So, as of right now, Jonah Williams is playing the best of all the offensive linemen mm. by far. He's going to make a lot of money this offseason. I know this because my job for Sumer Sports is to grade these guys mm-hmm. and make recommendations to the league for free agency. Jonah is a USA, you know, UFA after this year. Nothing like having a starting right tackle who can move to left, you know, left tackle in case of emergency. 
More with Ultimate Football Guy Bobby DePaul when we come back here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're back with Ultimate Football Guy Bobby DePaul. and Bobby D. Their young safety seem to have the light bulb turned on the last few weeks. Any particular way you would attack that secondary? Yeah, I think the biggest surprise for me in breaking down the Cincinnati Bengals has been the poor play of their defense, mm-hmm. ranking 31st in the National Football League in yards per play. And it's it's really across the board. The only thing that is keeping them competitive right now has been the takeaways, and they're tied for first in uh, NFL and turnover differential at plus 18. They don't turn it over a lot. Really shocking to me because over the last couple of years, these guys have played well. I know – they went on a youth movement on the back end, and they do have talent and speed to make plays on the ball, but there is more to defense than just takeaways. Fundamentally not sound at all, mm. especially with taking proper angles and tackling. The Bengals ranked 23rd overall in the NFL as a group in tackling. This has to be driving defensive coordinator Lou Anaromo nuts. I mean, you know, I've talked about this guy over the yeah. years, so really this this is a player thing, okay? It's, we know it's not a coach because of what we've seen in the past. You know, he's been touted as a head coach, for God's sake. I, I think the running game is something I would take a look at, running outside straight at their interception leader, number 29, Cam Taylor Brett. For all the good things he does in defending the pass, the opposite is true when defending a run. And run support by the secondary is something he struggles with, especially tackling in space. In terms of throwing the ball, the Bengals have really struggled finding receivers off play action run fake, especially when playing zone coverage. Probably the reason why they've increased their man coverage this year, so they can lock in. They just lose guys, and teams have picked up chunk yardage Mm -hmm. because the receivers are just running free down the field. Last week, Houston's rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, threw for 356 yards, and most of it was off-play action passes. Bobby D., that leads me into the next question, and that's the running game. Is there anything on the film that makes you think this is a better game for Mr. Inside or Mr. Outside? And anybody- or, or Mr. Keaton Mitchell, or, Mr. Yes. Everything. Should he be featured in the running game? You know, when I went back and watched the tape from week two game, it was nice to see how well the Ravens' offensive line handled the Bengals' front seven. 
The Ravens rushed the ball for 178 yards, averaging 4.8 yards per play. The best thing about it was starting center Tyler Lindenbaum and starting left tackle Ronnie Stanley didn't play. So that was a beautiful thing to watch on tape. To me, it's Mr. Inside and Mr. Outside. You know, all night with a full stable of running backs and the quarterback design runs available. I know everybody wants more Keaton Mitchell, and I'm sure – Offensive uh, coordinator Todd Munkin is kicking himself for not expanding his role last week, but it's a long season, you know, and he has been dealing with a hamstring all year, so they need to be careful. I get it. I mentioned last week maybe adding some Wildcat mm-hmm. as a change-up package to feature him. Most teams run it, especially when you're seeing a lot of man coverage because they don't cover the guy, you know, they don't cover Lamar, right? So that 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 can reduce the the, the pack, you know, their their front eight. Checkdowns and screens are another way to design space plays for Keaton Mitchell. The Ravens need to get the running game going so they can run some clock, especially you know on a short week. The defense has their hands full, so you want them fresh in the fourth quarter tonight. Short weeks are a problem for both defenses tonight after those two big tough losses uh, four days ago. The Browns, listen to this, held the ball for 34 minutes last week versus the Ravens' 26. No wonder the Ravens' defense had fourth-quarter issues. Bobby, um, before we get to the deep stuff, I just want to follow up on that for a minute. Houston ran 25 plays from under center and gouged them in the run game. The Ravens had 17 plays under center in the first game against the Bengals. That's their most this season. And last week, the only thing that really worked against the Browns, they had 10 plays with Lamar under center and Ricard on the field. And they averaged 12 yards per play, and they hit the Mitchell screen off that and the Mitchell big run. Do you? And you mentioned play action, right, and the Bengals struggling. Do, do you think we see them under center a lot tonight? Anytime you got 21 personnel on the field with Patrick Ricard, you have a chance to run the ball. We talked about that going into the game, that, that the, he's the difference, you know, was the difference going into that game being able to block because they did it earlier. But – there's no doubt that's you know it's that's probably what we'll see tonight. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they're going to you know it, it's a team game. You know, the offense and defense they play off each other. And I guarantee you, they looked at that time of possession. Okay, mm-hmm. and the Browns had been first in the league in time of you know time of possession. So really, it, it only makes sense you want to get this clock down. And the way to do it is run the ball, and then you get the play action. And I just said that that's what they're struggling the most with. So you got to establish a run first in order to get that. I would say on first down, believe it or not, I go the opposite way okay. to start the game. I show play, you know, I show that under center. Mm-hmm. I show, I show Ricard, but I go play action on first down. You want to win this game on first down. Do you go play action deep shots? Do we do we finally see some connections when the ball goes twenty yards or more in the air tonight, Bobby? Well, the one thing that I've learned, you know, that I learned a long time ago when I was an NFL coach is to never ask somebody to do something they haven't mastered yet. Probably the biggest disappointment for me watching and evaluating Lamar Jackson has been his lack of the deep ball. Mm. It doesn't exist, guys. It's a problem because it shrinks the field. It shrinks the field. The defense has to defend. Last week, you, you know, you guys heard me going in the Browns game, you know, the deep ball touch of quarterback Deshaun Watson and how he could drop the ball in the bucket down the field. The week before that, you heard me talk about the skill set, deep ball skill set of Seahawks quarterback yeah. Geno Smith, who was the top guy last year. 
Lamar Jackson just doesn't have it. I, I went and pulled the stats on his success rate throwing the ball 25 yards or more down the field, and Lamar Jackson is ranked 26th in the National Football League, completing only seven balls on 25 attempts with no touchdown passes, one interception, and a quarterback rating of 52.1. Not good at all. Lamar, you know, he's the completion leader, but all his completions are being thrown less than 20 yards down the field. Lamar only has one touchdown beyond 15 yards this year. Okay, you want to talk about shrinkage? And, and I'm a defensive coach, right? I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Right. I, I, th- I actually think offensive coordinator Todd Munkin has known this the whole time. That's why he doesn't take many shots yeah. down the field. In this league, players have to earn it. When it's called, there needs to be success. And success breeds more success. I- I'll give you a golf analogy. When you get the shakes, okay, and anybody that plays golf understands this, when you get the shakes, trying to putt, you know, the older you get, it really comes into play, you know, and you can't make a putt. You know what you do? You go to the putting green and you putt and you putt and you putt until you develop a nice, smooth, confident rhythm. So when you go out and play 18 holes, it becomes second nature and you don't think about it. You just make the putt. When I watch Lamar, it looks like he's aiming the ball instead of having a nice, smooth, natural throwing motion like we saw last week with Deshaun Watson. You know, I hate to say this, but when you're a defensive coach like I was for years and you face a quarterback who struggles with the deep ball, you feel real confident calling zero-man blitzes Uh because you're not worried about getting beat with the deep throw tonight. When Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald calls his defenses, he's worried about Joe Burrow making the downfield throws. That's why he plays so much umbrella to deep coverages. Bobby D, any other observations? Last week I mentioned head referee Land Clark was coming a long way from New Mexico. And it wasn't good news because the away team had a 75% win rate. And we saw that statistic go up after yeah. the game. This week, the head referee is Adrian Hill, and he's coming from right down the street, my hometown, Bowie, Maryland. You know, I thought about visiting my mom and walking over to his house, but <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. You know what I'm saying? I feel good about this one because a couple of weeks ago he did the Washington and New England game, and the local team went on the road at. New England. So that was good to see. Hey, this guy literally is a rocket scientist. You know where he works? He works over there at Johns Hopkins Applied Physics Laboratory. Space exploration. I mean, the guy is brilliant. He and Josh Dobson hang out. (laughs) In terms of the statistical data at his weekly football job, he's pretty balanced. Probably monitors his own data because he's he's right down the middle. Three key areas the Ravens need to focus on this week. Roughing the quarterback and unnecessary roughness. These guys like a clean game. Seems like that's becoming a pattern uh-huh. every week, enforcing that. You know, they're trying. I guess they're trying to enforce that crown rule. Hit, you know, with the, hitting the you know attack on stuff. So they're trying to send a message. Number two, holding calls on both offense and defense are highlighted calls, so everybody needs to watch the grounding, not just the offensive line this week. Number three, some good news, especially for the night game. This crew. It's about 17% below the average in terms of the total penalties called during the game. They're right about 10 per game. The league average is 12 per game. 
Yeah, I looked the stat up because when I was going through the play-by-plays, every time I got to a new game, I looked at the first half. They, you know, I noticed they, they weren't calling a lot of penalties you know, in the first half. They only call you know, total with both teams combined, four per game. That's wow. four in the first half, six in the second half. You know, just a side note, you know, because, you know, this is what I did for a living. Yeah. During the week, during the preparation, you know, the preparation week for a game like this with an official staff like this, my players, I would tell them to play aggressive this week, mm-hmm. especially in the secondary, knowing that they don't like to throw a lot of flags. Mm-hmm. Take advantage of the officials. You see how this all ties in? Yes. Bobby Brandon Stevens, yeah. maul him. Yeah. Bobby D, let the people know about the Bobby DePaul Charities and the Walking with Anthony Foundation. Bobby DePaul Charities is a proud supporter of the Walking with Anthony Foundation, a charity organization on a mission to provide help to kids who struggle from unexpected hardships. Together, this team is committed to giving back while helping deliver financial aid assistance or equipment to those in need. If you'd like to help me help some kids, go online to www.walkingwithanthony.org, or or you can make a direct donation uh, right to my Venmo charity link, uh, at Bobby DePaul Charities. And and thanks again uh, in advance for all your support. Thank you, brother, and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. And we'll talk to you down in Iguana land in a couple of weeks. And I'm going straight to happy hour right now. <laughs> okay. Get your early so start. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Bobby. Okay, guys. Hey, uh, coming, up, coming up next, it's game day. Six-pack of bowl predictions next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 